I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of a land upon which this podcast is recorded and pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may be listening here today. Hello and welcome to Arcanum. It is me, your host, Jessica Ann. And my topic for this week's episode is how I turned getting burned by a mentor into $100,000. If you have been following along with my content for a while, you may be aware that I shared this in a post a couple of months back. And why I've brought this into the arena of a conversation on the podcast is that for those of you listening in the coaching space or potentially having been a client of someone in the coaching space, My desire is for you to walk away from this conversation feeling more empowered, being able to take more bold steps in your business to create more profitability and also improve your client relationships as well as your coach relationships to get the most out of them so you're getting the best ROI possible. On the macro level, my intention for bringing this conversation into the podcast is I understand that this specific dimension of promise and terms of engagement in the transformation space is one of the most shadow laden murky areas in what we do. So beginning to talk about this more publicly, it starts to create alchemy of all of these dense energies and we can start to create an empowering dynamic for all where we all win. Sounds pretty utopic and I know it's a lot for a 15 minute podcast and my desire is that you begin to take this conversation off the podcast and into your businesses and start creating real world change. Now, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my story, story of other people and stories of other people that I have heard and also clients that I've supported to overcome this specific experience, as well as beginning to apply these things to your own unique situation. So let's get started with talking about being oversold. In the post, I explained the idea that I got oversold. Now, this as a coach can be one of your worst nightmares. And I have definitely dealt with these fears firsthand, both when I was first stepping into claiming my space in the coaching industry, and also when I'm having conversations with students in the Artemisia Energetic Certification, and even seasoned coaches who are looking to move into offering something outside of their current product suite, it can bring up feelings of imposter syndrome when we are moving into our edges. So how do we avoid overselling even as we ourselves are starting to spread our wings into a new arena, whether or not that's stepping up as a coach for the first time or stepping into a new space? And of course, the flip side of this being as a customer, as someone that is purchasing, how can we become aware of when we are being oversold? How can we identify if this is what's taken place and what do we do about it? And often this is where that big topic of embodiment comes up in the coaching space in terms of only teaching that which you've embodied. And for the most part, I tend to agree with that sentiment. I feel that it is important for you to have had embodied experience with that which you are going to teach. Now, embodied experience in terms of what you are going to teach, your experience also counts. So your personal transformation, your experience with growth, those pieces count. 
where it becomes overselling and potentially obscuring facts is where you claim to have more experience, more results, and also exemplify the exceptional within your client portfolio. So if less than 10% of your clients are getting a result and you are hailing them as the standard, that is misleading. So objectively as a coach to avoid overselling, you need to be looking at what you are putting in your programs and how likely is it for the people that you're taking into your program if they are to follow the steps to get the outcome it is that you are promising or the sub outcomes that you are promising. So that is the first thing. The second thing is as a coach, beginning to actually create boundaries and standards around the people who are fit for your program. This is one of those pieces that I see so many coaches miss and what this then creates for them is really hard work in terms of the people they're taking on and also a lot of dissatisfied customers walking away feeling like they got oversold. So what are the minimum standards? What are the minimum terms of engagement for a client to be eligible to work with you? So that's one of the things that I'd be putting in place right now, having a look at your programs, having a look at what the minimum standards are. And of course, that piece that I said for these people that meet these minimum standards, how likely if they are to be a star pupil and apply these principles that you teach in your programs, how likely are they to get the outcomes that you promise as part of your program? Now, as a client, the way you avoid getting oversold is that you also have a look at your standards and your terms of engagement. So having a look at how you like to be supported, how open you are to being challenged, how committed are you to following the philosophy and the systems and strategies that this program offers, as well as having a really good conversation with the coach. Employing a coach is a lot like dating. You are getting into a relationship with this person for an extended period of time, and often will be exploring some of the most intimate facets of your psyche with this person. So you definitely want to make sure that you feel safe. You feel safe in their process. You feel safe with them. And you also feel as though you can trust yourself in their containers. So these are all prerequisites that we're really wanting to be looking at before we invest with someone. Now, a lot of what I'm talking about here is a lot of things that can be done on the front end to avoid being oversold. If you are someone that has had the experience of being oversold, one of the biggest things that I had to work with through healing my relationship with myself in this, because that's really the rupture that we're talking about that takes place both on the coaches end and the client end. Not only do we have the client coach relationship rupture, but we also have the relationship with our self trust that can get ruptured in this process. So when you realize you've been oversold, sometimes it can feel hard to trust yourself to judge people again. So being able to take that step back and invite in self-compassion and forgiveness for the things that we perceive that we made mistakes around is really key to start to transmute any shame or guilt related to the experience because that can keep us really weighed down and looping. From here, if we can take a step back to reach a level of objectivity, both as a customer and as a provider, and look at the essential nature of this problem being unmet expectations and unmet needs. So as a customer that feels as though you've been oversold, the first thing that you need to get clear on 
Is this a relationship you desire to repair? And what are the core things that you feel were not met in your engagement? And is this something you believe this coach is capable of supporting you with in terms of how you move forward? And that it would be a conversation and an attempt to repair. So an initiation around that pathway. As a coach, being on the receiving end of a complaint or a request for repair, it's really important to be able to take a step back again and look at this objectively. Did you deliver all the tools, resources, support, and systems required for the person to achieve this outcome? And being aware of where sometimes we do have a tendency of taking over responsibility for someone's results. If you can confidently stand in the fact that you have provided these things, it's about having a conversation with the client to support them in their own autonomy and to guide them back to these resources within themselves to start creating the results that it is that they're seeking. And of course, connecting them with any physical resources you may have provided throughout the program in order to do so. So we talked about the practical side of beginning to heal this relationship, how we avoid this happening moving forward in terms of our terms of engagement, both as a buyer and a provider. So what do we do beyond this to take our power back? The most important and often the least talked about relationship we can have in business and in life, in relationship, in health, regardless of what domain in life we are speaking to, the most important relationship that you can have is the relationship you have with yourself. If this situation has impeded in your self-trust, if it has impeded your self-trust, the first relationship you need to seek to repair is that with yourself. And the primary way to do that is to invite in compassion and self-forgiveness around guilt and shame. And from this space of beginning to alchemize guilt and shame and repairing the relationship in self, one of the things that can happen is that we then shift into spaces of anger. If you are familiar with the work of David R. Hawkins, books such as Power Versus Force, The Scale of Consciousness, Anger sits at a higher vibrational frequency than grief, apathy, guilt, and shame. So as we begin to move through these denser emotions, naturally sitting in anger can feel quite righteous. It can feel as though we're actually stepping back into our power. And this is where projection can begin to happen. And this is both as a customer and as a practitioner. We can start to project onto the other person around their behavior, what they did wrong, judging them, blaming them for the situation we find ourselves in. And this is where it's really, really key to understand that owning our anger, our judgments, our projections isn't the same as condoning their behavior. However, in the post that I wrote about this a couple of months back, I spoke about the idea of holding on to anger, being like holding onto a hot stone and expecting the other person to be burned. The more that we sit in rumination around anger directed at another individual, the more power we're giving away. This is a power leak. So it's really important that any anger that we're feeling around this situation, we, we move and we resolve within ourselves first and foremost. 
And it is through this process of taking back ownership of our energy, of our attention and our intention that exciting things begin to happen. This is where we start to move forward beyond the foundations of where we're directing our energy now. So for me in my experience of recognizing where I felt like I had got burned, where I had been overpromised and underdelivered upon, I began to understand what this situation offered me. And this is where I refer back to the hermetic principle of polarity, the concept that everything is dual. If I could look beyond the one side of the argument that I was seeing and look at the inverse, what opportunities had been offered to me through this other person's conduct. This is where I began to reveal within myself all the qualities, values, and pieces that supported me to generate that $100,000 within my own business. Again, this isn't to condone someone else's behavior if they have intentionally obfuscated the facts and have oversold you knowing full well they were unable to deliver. What I'm talking about here is something that Carolyn Elliott, the author of Existential Kink, highly recommend her work, talks about, which is the poison path. Sometimes our blessings come in poisonous disguises. When we have been burned, it is a unique opportunity to see this duality and to see ourselves in a new light. So from moving through the shame, the guilt, and the projections, we can finally arrive at a space where we start to look at the other side of this coin. What are we not seeing? What qualities have we invited this situation in potentially to highlight within ourselves if we wanted to play it through that frame? And that's not to say we are entirely responsible for all the shitty things that happens in our lives. However, for me, in terms of playing an empowering game, I look at it as though these situations have been invited into my life for a reason so that I can create an empowering dynamic with them and move forward with more ease, speed, and strength as a result. And the reason I find this frame so empowering, both from personal experience and also the people that I have supported to navigate this themselves, is when we have the courage to put ourselves back into a seat of power as the creators of our own reality, we can choose the game that we are playing. So whether or not it is something we have called in or whether or not it is just a stroke of bad luck, if we choose for it to be medicine, no matter how bitter, we can then choose how we want the game to look moving forward. And it was through owning the game and deciding the game that I was here to play that I was able to show up with the integrity, the ethics, and the values that supported me in creating that six-figure result. And the other side of this too, it has made me such a better coach and it's also made me a better customer. When I'm looking to engage a mentor, I am going in eyes wide open into this conversation around what it is that I'm available for and what it is that I am not. I would love to hear from you guys. How have you found this conversation? Is there any areas that you feel this was lacking and you'd like me to flesh out a little bit more? Let me know via the Instagram DMs or on my comments on the reel that I'll publish associated with this podcast. And if you are yet to subscribe to Arcanum to stay up to date with the latest episodes, I recommend you do that now. And I will speak to you guys next week. Hasta la vista.